This episode of Let's Meet is brought to you by The Clean. To 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 the clean. Defending against dirt for budgets and spaces big and small. You can reach them at 513-720-3115. Hail the scrub. On the 35th episode of Let's Meet Part 2 of 3, Danny moves to Seattle and produces award-winning displays. The internet tries to shut him down. The farm-to-table movement brings back handcrafted signage. Danny trains his daughter in the ways of the grape thieves of old. We've moved into the future a little bit. You're in Seattle, and you're the in-house go-to guy for signage. What does that What does that look like for you? Because yeah. I don't know. I've, yeah. I've done signage for like sandwich board right. signs and stuff mm-hmm. before, and they look like trash. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't I've imagine. Seen work. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you've yeah. seen my tumbler. Yeah. So I can't yeah. imagine being paid. Number one, being talented enough to be the go-to guy, but number two, being paid to do it. Yeah, I do consider myself fortunate for having gotten that job because uh, this the Seattle location, the U District store, so it's on the, the Ave, they called it, right? It's on the University of Washington campus area, uh, kind of Clifton, Cincy, or High Street in Columbus type of thing. Right on. Um, I, I was fortunate to work at that store, and again, I was like 18, 19 at the time, so my hourly rate was pretty low because it's yeah. just a walk-on job. The benefits of having all my supplies paid for, and they would come WIA, Warner Electra, Warner Electra Arista labels, yeah. uh, they would like drop off the big uh, sub pop and things like that because sub pop was local out there they would drop off their merch for the month and, you know he, this is what's dropping in a week or two make some things based on these things um so we would pick and choose which things we wanted to push and then if they wanted me to create an end cap or like a hanging sign or we would recreate four foot by four foot album covers and hang them on the wall and then also we had our location had this giant window display which was really cool uh because when like disney or like uh, warner brothers would would drop like a box set or a new a new movie on DVD, they would often do a contest and they would say, you know, whoever has, can come up with the best, you know, merchandising version of this thing. So I liked that I did I did win a couple of those, which was cool because, again, my age on that, being 18, 19 at the time, and knowing that I'm competing with these, like, top 10 West Coast stores like Portland, San Francisco, L.A., that yeah. kind of stuff, the fact that I was, like, holding a candle to those guys. I, I did that job for two or three years, and it was only after going to other stores and meeting the other in-store artists and seeing that they were, you know, I was 18 or 19, and they were 30, 31, 32, and seeing that, you know, I knew that I was making, at the, you know, a $19.97 of, like, $8 an hour or something like that, and I walked to where I lived two blocks away. It was it was yeah. very, very, you know, sustainable life mm-hmm. for me then. When I saw that these guys were making 11 or $12 an hour and they've had a job for 10 or 12 years and they're working at, like, this high-profile store, like, during the record boom, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when I was like, well, this isn't going to be a career. But but yeah. it, was a, it was a really good entry level into, like, display making, um, you know, projector, you know, projecting fonts to cut out with an X-Acto. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an academic. I didn't go to school. I didn't succeed in school. But every job I've had since I was 17 is artistically related, and it's all based on what do people want. So I, I, I've learned to how to satisfy different types of styles and techniques for different purposes. Yeah. So that's that's absolutely my skill set is, is a, you know, experience-based knowledge on approaches to surfaces and materials. Yeah. Cool. I, I know we're, we're all about the same age. And so I know in, in 98, 99, you didn't, we didn't really have the internet for our advertising. Right. So if you went into a store, like we had a Tower Records in we Memphis downtown. Great. Cool. And if you went into that store, you, you were drawn by the creations. Mm-hmm. 
uh, by the signage. I mean, that's how you, and that's when I worked for a um, a green logoed coffee company for mm-hmm. ten years. Mm-hmm. It was signage was a big deal. You had signs everywhere, and then and then we did. I think it's kind of coming back around to that a little bit to an extent. Yep. Because everybody, I think, I don't even know that people care about websites anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I think it's all Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. But uh, how much of that affected you in your life when mm-hmm. there, that transition was made from you mm-hmm. doing those hardscape things mm-hmm. into that, that media outlet? Yeah, that's another thing where I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but uh, seeing that rise and fall of uh, that late 90s, early 2000s, I was, I was really passionate about handcrafted signage and display stuff like that. And then as the internet occurred, vinyl printers, flatbed printers, all the automation of, of display making just pretty much you know, shot sign painters in the heart. And then it's really taken up until about 2012, 2013, there started to be this renaissance where the like, same thing with like all the gentrification of, you know, found wood and Edison bulb restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone wants everything, uh, you know, farm to table, uh, locally sourced, handcrafted. Like if they could bang out the metal pans themselves to make the dishes, they would. You know, everybody wants right. everything handmade. So there's like a, a newfound love for for handmade stuff, including the signs. So that that's cool. So I, you know, the two edges of that sword is one is I had to ride that like 15 year wave where I needed to find something else to do, and then the the, the plus side is at least it came back around. So like it, it's that that's a cool validation in terms of like things I've always loved and now being appreciated. You know, like that's yeah. a cool, that's a cool thing. Yeah, you, I, it's not kind of a weird question, but do you feel like there will be a shift again to where it's not about the farm to table not about um well because it seems like such a good right. shift up yeah well i think I, I wonder sometimes. i think i feel like you know like they talk about like with politics how there's a pendulum that swings from right to the uh, one into the other uh constantly heavier i think with the farm to table thing my my personal hope whether this is not a prediction this is my hope is that uh, i hope a general awareness occurs in people where they they realize that when you say farm to table restaurant the curiosity isn't the fact that it's farm to table it's the fact that it's a restaurant like we've existed for how many hundreds of thousands of years with these like humorous femurs, you know, mm-hmm. skulls, shapes, brain size, hearts. We we are the same people that we've been for like an undetermined amount of hundred thousand years. There's never been a such thing as a restaurant. We all we've always eaten from farms. We're supposed to eat real food. Like it's it's right. not it's not supposed to be a novelty. If it's a novelty, it means your society's screwed up. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. like the curiosity is the restaurant, not the farm to table. Yeah, and the fact that I mean people would not eat in public. That was another thing. Like you never would eat in public. And yeah. Now, you know, especially eating on the street was a big... Now you eat in your damn pajamas in public, <laughs> in the middle of a Walmart, Subway. <laughs> you didn't even buy those grapes yet. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, grapes are the hors d'oeuvres of the grocery store. I've got an 11, 11-year-old daughter well-trained on that move. Uh-huh. I've seen people just put, like, just the stem on the, on the weighing thing. There's, like, two yeah, grapes yeah, hanging yeah, off. They're like, yeah, what happened yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, no, no, we do that with pride. We do that with pride. That's a Charlie Brown yeah. situation with your grapes. Yeah, yeah. Is this really the bunch that you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, would, I would rather eat free grapes while Krogering than uh, have the cart full of like soda and like frozen p- hot pockets. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So I feel like we're doing a lesser evil here. Like at least yeah. me and my kid are eating fresh <laughs> For fruit. For sure, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I um I personally I'm a big fan of seeing the the country uh, specifically embrace this handcrafted artisan work because I mean. It's something I can't do. I'm not that talented. Tim here is a talented artist. I can paint sometimes. I, what what I think is really cool, um, and there was a, a company in Knoxville that was doing this. They went away from any kind of uh, graphic design work 
in general. And they were doing, they were going back to woodblock printing mm-hmm. for everything. And I mean, they had a whole industry there. Like mm-hmm. all the local businesses were using them because mm-hmm. that's cool. You know, and they had a definitely like a unique style to what they were doing. Yeah, and I, I like seeing the whole process. I like screen printing. I like all that kind of yeah. kind of stuff. But I also am a graphic designer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to work. <laughs> yeah. I like to work with graphic designers. So uh, where like their design is my sketch. So because I don't want to do the graphic design because when it comes to like the client side of things, the 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 production time is the same, the time to the dollar. So when the designer is going to make X amount, charge X amount for the design, and the installer, painter, artist, whatever, is going to make however much, like whether it's a day rate or a flat fee or whatever, chances are these rates can be real similar. So I, I try to convey that a lot when I'm I have a couple of restaurants I'm dealing with right now, and we're, we're dealing with that, where I, have, I explain to them, you know, if you want a photo-perfect rendition of what this is going to be, it's going to take 30 hours of design time. But if you allow, if you trust in me based on my portfolio that we're going to put this here, this will go here, and it'll be sort of like this, mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going to create a unique thing that doesn't exist yet, so I can't show you a picture of it because I haven't done this before. If you trust this basic sketch and previous work, we could spend that that thirty hours better by doing it. But you, these these are some of the ingredients we're going to do it with. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want a digital painting of it, it's going to suck the soul out of it. There'll be no no on site whimsical you know creation, and it's going to cost double because you're going to pay mm-hmm. you're hundred dollars an hour for a designer. You know yeah. Uh, and what's the what's the ratio that you see of that? Like the the hard thought out work versus the the let's just go fly right. and do it. Uh, it's a uh, please everybody all the time. Some of the time, some of the people situation. So. Uh-huh. So if you want to please all the people all the time, you have to do the digital representation first. And that's going to drive down the like impact potential of like the pain. If you if you're actually hiring an artist, then you the, the I feel like it should be created on site. But if you want to portray the narrative that you're hiring an artist, then you you approve every step of the process and then have something completed and then t- produce this narrative that we hired an artist to do this thing. Yeah, um, it's 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 a weird. Uh, for example, like uh, you guys have a podcast. This is agreed. Not, this is not a TV show <laughs> that's curated. Not by, yet. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Somebody, Cincinnati. It's it's not. Please talk to us. Fund us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not curated by overseers, so you're allowed to put on this audio wall what you want and. Mm-hmm. You're going to please some of the people some of the time, sure. and those that are pleased are going to love it. Uh, and it's going to have a, an endearing personal reaction by people that are personally affected. But if you wanted something that was going to absolutely just be embraced by all the masses, you're going to end up producing the same sitcom that's been made 50 different versions since 1955. Every yeah. sitcom is all in the family. That's how most murals are in the street, in the, in the world, is everything's it's just eye candy that's pleasant meaning not offensive meaning like is it really important right yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you want to you have to try to strike a balance between being enjoyable by everyone but also being meaningful yeah yeah i want it to be important i think everybody that makes anything wants to have like you know uh it's not a matter of legacy but you want it to be you want everything to stand on its own be be you know uh, important time and place where it is. You want it to be timely and attractive, but also timeless and appreciated. Right. Uh, uh, and that, that's hard to do. Right now, we're dealing with a restaurant. Uh, they're great. The restaurant's great. Uh, we get along great. But we're having to satisfy, you know, multiple facets of like city. Uh, their their backyard is actually the rear facade of somebody else's property. The other property houses priests, and so we need to like satisfy 
historic and the and the investment group and the priest the rectory mm-hmm. needs to approve what's happening behind their building yeah um the, those kind of jumping through hoops is is that's the the struggle yeah gotcha having having a big group that, that you're trying to please like every single client that's yeah because because you know the audience you're it's going to be hard to please yeah. everybody but if it's your actual clients right <clears throat> that you're trying to yeah. And they're and they're that different. Quite a job. I really try to keep the circle small on who, who needs to be satisfied here. And uh uh there's times when I deal with family businesses where ten people have an opinion, but I need to know the one or two that make the decisions. And, yeah. and I, that's a lesson that I learned through experience where have you learned to single them out when you see the group? Say that again? Have you learned to single that those people oh, out? Yeah, I try to do that pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, pretty quick. That's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that again, I learned that through experience from like getting stiffed on jobs because when it came time to cut the check when the job was done, turns out it's this a matriarch of the family that I hadn't met yet. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, well, and why? She's did, like, I hate it. Yeah, why was I emailing and, and meeting and talking with and having other people initial designs and sign paperwork, and then you, you're not the person that writes the check or owns the building, right? Yeah, yeah but but you're like the fixture. Yeah. You gotta yeah pass that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah, so. Let's uh, let's talk a, a bit about. Let's get into some of the, the goofy stuff. Okay. Did you have any? Did you have celebrity sightings while you were at Tower Records? Oh yeah, uh, for sure. We had in-store performances. Uh, I knew it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was really cool. And you were in Wait, Seattle. Was Seattle yeah. during yeah, 90, late nineties when, when it mattered. Totally. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's the face yeah. I'm making on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, my favorite part of that, I guess. Okay. So. On like the more, because obviously Seattle, that whole grunge, guitar-based rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the best instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Glad uh, that's over. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Don't they have a synthesizer for this yet? Um, uh, my favorite uh, of that like level of music was, uh, you remember Folk Implosion? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, like kids soundtrack type stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, what was that guy's name? Uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Ooh, uh, buddy. I, know, I do know his name. Because he had a solo act, action. But when he came through, that was really cool to see because I, I really liked that music a lot. Um, uh, but I think my, my personal favorite of the in-stores was uh, when Raucous Records launched. Um, and that was like, you know, the, the first label, independent label of like conscious hip-hop stuff. So that was like Pharaoh Monch, Mostef, Talib Kweli, High yeah. Tech. Uh, you know, when, when, the, when those guys were launched... They they hired a lot of like that's like the early days of street teams and um yeah. so they would hire relevant artists actual street before the word street art existed when it was just artists that did things in the street uh, they would hire <laughs> before like, they condensed it yeah 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 totally, <laughs> made yeah, it more succinct yeah, before it got permitted uh, they would hire relevant guys in in those in their in their respective cities and uh, they would hire the guy in that city to go and you know put these posters up, put these stickers up, push these albums and it was a, a true grassroots thing it was cool that a, a new label was hiring just like they were had relevant lyricist and beat makers they were also hiring relevant artists in that genre to yeah. promote it like that, that was really cool so I, I had a uh, a sketchbook at the time and i remember having like uh pharaoh monch did a uh when i had all the guys from rock assigned my black book pharaoh was the only one that drew a, a little character in it you know a little classic in profile hip-hop character with a hat on yeah and uh so that that was a cool little thing i remember seeing that in that book and just really appreciating that and like that, that's i think that's probably my, my favorite in store nice most of cool. is probably still one of my favorite yep. rappers of all time. Yep. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. There's a um, an album that they they did with the Black Keys. It was Black Keys, and I can't remember who else was in it, but it's called Black Rock. Yes, I have heard that. Very first song is Most Def. Yeah, and that was my walking music while I was in D.C. Yeah, like cool. You, you get on the train, you put the headphones in, and somehow I felt like I was cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every superhero yeah. needs a theme song. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was about yeah, yeah. a theme song. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I can't listen to it when I'm outside of. There, like yeah. that's the Outside only place. It's DC specific. <laughs> DC specific music. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So you had you had these in stores. You're making your name uh, in Seattle. What's what it, what happened after Seattle? So after you realized ah, this isn't really going financially yep. anywhere. Yep. What's next? Yep. Um, I I moved out there when I was 17 in '97, and then late '02, like as winter was hitting '02. Uh, the whole time I was out there, I had my mom in Indy was begging me to come back out here, and she had she had m- moved through the ranks of this uh, this pet resort company as it was building locations. So she got hired to run the a, one a what a, a pet resort, <laughs> the pets with martinis, you know. Oh litter, yeah, the, it's like the, little the, cruises. The whole beach is a litter box. <laughs> the ones that hire a pet detective. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When yes, need yeah, be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so I took her up on the offer to come out here, uh, and she was in Cincinnati, and uh, I had never been to Cincinnati at the time. Um, so when I came, then I came here in two thousand two. Oh two, yep, yeah, October oh two. I moved here, and uh, um, pretty quickly, I, I, I tried a couple silly little jobs, but uh, answered a paper, an ad in the paper uh, for spray painter needed. And uh, and I thought to myself like that's pretty awesome. And uh, it's pretty uh, specific. Yeah, totally. I go do that job right now. And he, he and showed I, you this turtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you spray paint this turtle? Could you put a, this on the wall behind a strip mall? Um, uh, and what it turned out is they needed a paint sprayer. And uh, so that's when I started using like cup guns, HVLPs, EGAs, JGs. Is that, so is that car spraying? Um, it was painting steel, but it was the the, constr- the yeah, it was the materials that they build scenery out of. Uh, so it's it's like this, the the raw steel skeleton, uh, the backbones of scenery uh, props. And gotcha. The company like, like a powder. Type yeah, thing? all types of stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally oil right based, on. all automotive paint, all kinds of paints. But I, I I came up through the ranks there. River City Scenic is the company. Um, they started when. Kings Island was bought by Paramount. Kings Productions, when they got purchased, moved to North Carolina to Carowinds. Uh, so they they took all the staff and anybody who wants to keep their job, you're moving to the Carolinas. Um, the three guys that started River City Scenic would would rather stay and risk it on their own. So they they founded River City Scenic, and uh, so they they were in their first few years and they were slowly getting bigger and better. And they got contracts with cruise ships because uh, some of the producers from Kings Island shows got hired to do cruise ship shows, and uh, so full, that, full of dogs. Yeah, full of dogs. Yeah, totally show dogs. Uh, totally in theaters now. Um, uh, I want to see boat full of dogs instead. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather see that. That sounds like a good time. Um, Wes Anderson, can you direct this too? Yeah, that movie's great. Uh, but so I learned. Uh, I learned all of that process uh, coming up in the paint department there, where there's only two or three people above me. Um, so I, I learned how to just degrease steel and paint it black, and then how to prime the, the flats, you know, mm-hmm. um, how to prep particular materials. Learned how to mix paint by eye to all these, you know, specs of various materials. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, further into like learning the particular techniques of, of the various ways to apply paint to achieve something in a highly efficient way. Uh, and I feel like the world of signs and graffiti really prepared me for that. Like, you know, fast, big, awesome, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and so that, that was like, 
You just described me. Yeah, yeah. Fast, big, totally, awesome, yeah, I, right. I didn't want to say it. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so, uh, and I, I worked there for uh, eight years um, uh, doing the scenery, moving through that. And then when during the economic woes of 08, uh, people stopped using frivolous income mm. for things like taking cruises. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and, uh, um, they were worried that uh, they were worried that we might not have a lot of stuff coming in the shop, and I had enough side jobs at the time. Um, at the time, I called myself DB Customs, just my initials, and uh, uh, and so I decided to step aside. Mm -hmm. And I was in the process; I was doing my friend's uh, ice cream shop on Central Parkway, nice. and uh, and I was we were in my driveway. And my friend Chris, we're painting these little ice cream cones and things. And uh, I had a store. My house was also a storefront. And I was de deciding, what do I want to put in the store? Do I want to make this a sign shop, an airbrush shop, a you know custom painting? Like, you know, it's, I always like the phrase higher level. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I, I kind of want to do like higher level signs, but I don't want to only do signs. I want to paint like weird stuff. Uh, but I don't want to pigeonhole airbrush because airbrush, you know, is kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, I want I want to do something. And he's he was like, dude, man, just higher level art, man. Just do everything, man. And uh, that guy's from Tennessee, like yeah, us. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. Uh, could you paint my van? Yeah, yeah, dude. You have not seen my vans. Uh, uh, um, uh, but yeah, so so he like he gave me my name, and then uh, wait, you I'm know, googling your vans. Oh, do a yeah. Spinelli's Iron Maiden van. <laughs> okay, I'm already sold on the name Good. Spinelli's Iron Maiden van. Yeah, it's yeah. so close to Spicoli's weed van sitting on the parking lot in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. They are uh, they're at the uh, they're at the Punkin Drublin Drublick. Uh, Music festival up by Columbus right now. That's great. Wait on the yeah. images. Yeah. That's no, you guys can keep talking. That's my friend. Spinelli's is my friend's uh, um, pizza restaurant out of Louisville. They have. Oh uh, yeah, that's a pizza restaurant. That's the first van. Yeah, that's the first one there. That oh, is a big. And you see how the what is this one? That's the second one. That's some. That's a van. Wheels. Yeah, it's like an '84 Ford with a 450, I think, in it. Didn't we have that when we were in? The those are. The band? I mean, those are numbers. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those numbers are Ford. It's a Pontytronic, Positronic doohickey. Uh, yes. What, what, is this one? Is this one? It's just no, just those, just just those two. Okay, that's when the you, back of the one. When there. you do the Google search, uh, when you get to the blue van that just looks sad, that's not his. Just work. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop and go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are super cool. Like, I want to I turn on Power Slave <laughs> and ride in that van. I don't know if I have those on my site now that I think about it. The vans themselves, and that I should. You should. Oh, should. That, one got, cool. that one got wrapped around a light pole in the rain one day. Oh, yuck. Is this the... Is this why? Uh, is it <laughs> Eddie? You see, uh, he's got the pizza cutter instead of the hatchet. On nice. that album cover, he's got a hatchet. <laughs> right on. Yeah, if you're an Iron Maiden fan... That's not mine, but this. they're ripping that off. Oh, well, we won't that's not that mine. That's, Actually, in, that's interesting that they would do it exactly ooh, like that, but on a small scale. Investigative journalism here. Yeah, yeah this is a, <laughs> Welcome to the newest installment of Serial. <laughs> We're investigating. So you did that. You did that work. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you came up with higher level, yeah. and you're trying to suss out what you want to do, and you're, yep. you're uh, Western Tennessee fan. Yeah. So my man. Yeah. Soon after that, Art Academy, my friend Daler at the Art Academy got approached by the No Theater for one of the first Fringe Festivals about doing a mural inside of No Theater. Uh, they weren't real familiar with how to do big murals, so we kind of started teaming up with Art Academy and like their graduates, kind of tapping into that graduate pool for, yeah. for assistance. Uh, and that, that evolved that evolved over time for a few years uh, into doing a lot of like team-related jobs, lots of murals and things. And people would always ask me, 
during those formative years, they would always ask, like, what do you want this to be? Like, well, that was a big conversation we used to have as a group. People would come to us and ask, what is this? Like, what do you guys do? And I would always tell them, like, well, you know, if you think we're the graffiti guys, then, yeah, we're the graffiti guys. How can we help you? If you think we're the sign guys, yeah, we're the sign guys. How can we help you? If you think we're the restaurant decor, yes, in fact, we are. And uh, right on. Uh, so, so I would always let people define us by what they want, wanted, they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I, and honestly, that was always my personal answer was, uh, was what do you want this to be? How do you see this going? I always wanted to do, be like if whoever made Don Pablo's, John Don Pablo, you know, Bobby Olive Garden, whoever made these things, I want to be the guy that paints the first one till the 600th one. I, Bobby Olive Garden. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Olive Garden. I love that. And, uh, uh, um, so that, that was always like my, my, my intent was I want to do budding multiples. I want to start yeah. from the beginning and do the, I want to be the guy that starts the multiples. Yeah. Um, fast forward four, five, six years. Uh, I've got my I've got my foot in the door of several different upstarts of different ranges. Some only have one planning a second or third. Others are on their seventh and eighth. I'm talking to two places right now. You know, one is on their third. Another one's on their rebuild of their first one. Um, are I, you at liberty to discuss sure. who your past clients were? You sure. don't have to say oh, the yeah. new ones. But. No, no, I, no. I have no problem doing that. I just I just don't want to name drop per se. Sure. But just conceptualize. <laughs> but uh, uh, might as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. So. Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by uh, Jake Sweeney Tri County right. location. As for Zach, uh, but um, uh, I do have a good mural out at the Tri County Sweeney, though. That's cool. The big Jeep Dodge, just like at the Mopar wall, we call it. Oh, okay. uh, that, oh I've that, seen it. Yeah, all blue and gray. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that one. Um, Me too. Um, yeah, nice. Um, I don't go very far. Yeah, so yeah I haven't seen it. Wait, yeah. do you have things in downtown? downtown? Like, yeah, I'm sure I, I do. See. I'm sure I do. I get asked all the time. Like people say, uh, "Where's something I've seen?" And I always like draw a blank. Downtown right now, the newest one is Boomtown. Uh, Boomtown yeah. Biscuits. I did like the old timey map in there, all the gold leaf signage and oh, lettering in the cool. space. That's great. Um, yeah, Boomtown. I'm, I'm right now. I'm working on constant. That's who we're dealing with with, with the the priest satisfi- satisfaction is uh, Aladdin's. Their third location oh, yeah. on Main Street. Uh, so we're dealing. With, they have an outdoor back patio. I love so Aladdin's. We're just uh, dude. Ooh. I've thrown them four or five different designs, and and myself and Aladdin's likes every one, but it, it just satisfying. So working yeah. on that. Dealing with cilantro up in Clifton. He's doing like a new build out in there. Thank you for listening to the Let's Meet podcast. On the next episode of Let's Meet, Danny reveals his current best in show. For more information, please visit our website at letsmeetpodcast.com and please subscribe. Let's meet. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Let's meet. Hello. Bonjour. Let's meet. Hey, what you doing? Hey, hello. Hehehehe. <laughs>